From Austin Stone Worship, this is Stories from the Austin Stone. This season on the podcast, we're sharing the stories of seven men and women and their journeys of recovery from the fallout of suffering, abuse, and sin. In this episode of Recovery, we bring you Sarah's story. My name is Sarah, and I am originally from Austin. I am a counselor, and I've been a part of the recovery ministries since about the end of the spring in 2018, so coming up here on two years. I have been married since June of 2017, so just a couple years. We'll have our three-year anniversary here this summer, which is exciting, and we have a sweet little boy who is about 10 months old. So the I guess moments I would say that I realized I was really out of control is how I would describe it and that I needed help outside of myself was when my anger spilled over into my marriage kind of on repeat. I had only been married barely a year. My husband and I had just a very difficult year of a lot of fighting, a lot of miscommunication, a lot of hurt. And lots of people respond to that in lots of ways. Lots of people have really hard first years of marriage. However, I realized my anger felt almost unprovoked most of the time, or I would take a small thing and make it a big thing. One moment in particular that I that actually really prompted me to take this step and move into recovery was one a fight that my husband and I got into where I just blew up at him and was just really I felt physically so angry that I wanted to throw like a chair through a wall. I went into our room and I was upset and mad and I usually would cry really hard after we'd be in a big fight. And I came back into the living room and my husband was just crying on the couch. And when he saw me, he jumped back a little bit, just kind of startled him. He's a wonderful man and he is emotionally typically very regulated and stable. And to see him weeping over what was going on was so hard for me. To see, you know, tangibly the pain I was causing him by not dealing with myself and my sin and by blaming him and, you know, taking out my anger, which was really towards God for some things out on him and just how much that was pushing him away. And I I knew he was doing his best to stay close, but I could kind of see like, I don't know if he can keep coming back when he continues to be met with this response. And that um, that was a real shift for me of like, okay, I uh, I need help. And I hate that I have to say that because as a counselor, it's really hard to come face to face with knowing like you you really need help. And I think it's important to say, too, that the anger really came from a place of feeling like I had to earn God's love. I was clearly failing at behaving rightly to earn love. But that's what I had come to understand was that's how you receive love, is if you do X, Y, Z, you perform, you're the best at something. I was taking out on my husband this deep need I felt that I had to have for acceptance and getting angry that he wasn't immediately doing what I needed or wanted. That moment in that fight of of just really tangibly, I mean, I can still picture it of God and his mercy just slowing me down and saying like, no more, like no more, like I love you too much. Let's do something different together. 
So my brother, older brother, was actually the one who um, initially told me about recovery, though I had heard about it and seen about it advertised in church. And he had been going through and invited me to come in a few weeks before he was going to share his story. And I initially went more as support for him. Most of my initial thoughts before I had even considered coming myself were, this is a great resource for others. The way recovery works, you can go to open share. And those first few times when I was visiting, I would just stay for worship and the talk and then I'd head out. Just wanted to be a support to my brother. And so I went for about a month just showing up and hanging out with him before I dove into anything further. The beginning of the summer of 2018, so around June, I started going to more than just worship and teaching at the recovery. I went to some of the open share groups afterwards and I just wanted to see, oh, what kind of what's going on here? What's this like? As I was attending Open Share, they had started mentioning the STEPS program. What's beautiful about the STEPS program is it's designed to walk with you in a journey of healing, to have you partner with other men and women in a small group setting, um, but also with a one-on-one mentorship um, that you meet with weekly. And you uh, go through curriculum every week where you're processing parts of your story and your relationship to God and others as you dive into your own healing and each step kind of forces you to deal with parts of yourself and parts of your story and lay it before the Lord. It really teaches you a pattern of sanctification through our life of how to come before the Lord in confession and to heal and to repent and to grow. It is a big commitment. The steps program itself requires you to show up every week and to do your work. So it's not something to take lightly, but it it is a beautiful process that you can walk through when you're really looking for help and looking for others to help you. The hardest step for me was step one, <laughs> because it is to admit that you're powerless, that your life has become out of control, and that you're powerless to do anything about it. And part of my story was using control and performance to achieve what I wanted and needed. And so to let those things go and to fully hand them over to the Lord. You know, I thought I had handed my life over to the Lord, but I had just given him pieces and I was still kind of clinging. And that was really hard to admit. My life was unmanageable and that I had reached a point of chaos where there was nothing that I could do in and of myself to bring about healing and change that I desperately needed and wanted. And just how humbling it was to have to admit that, to admit that to other people, to admit that to myself, to confess and repent of that to the Lord of just how many different ways I have tried to control this and to work this out on my own apart from you. That was really, really difficult. And I think I stuck into that step, even though I moved on, you know, every week working through the other steps. I think that step, it was like every week I had to surrender that. I remember thinking like, this will never change. I'm just going to be married and like, it's going to be really freaking hard the whole time. And we're going to fight. And like, I can't see how this could change. and I can't see how my heart could change around this. And man, God just blew me out of the water. I think the best part about recovery is kind of it's twofold, but initially it's just the idea of community, healing and community. 
as someone who struggles with pride and a desire for control, that often leads to isolation. I didn't want to walk in community in healing because I wanted to be able to do it on my own, but I ended up just loving and cherishing the other women that I walked through my recovery season with. In particular, the mentor that I kind of got randomly paired with, she was just so powerful in walking through my story with me and then bringing about some real healing and change in areas that I hadn't really embarked on in years. I remember towards the end, I was, I guess, closer to seven or eight months pregnant at this point. And I was sharing with my group that I realized as I reflected on becoming a mother and how I felt towards my child who was yet to be born, I remember feeling like I would never expect him to earn my love. And I would never like be disappointed by him if he struggled to know what to do or felt distant from me. And just how God used me in that time pregnant <laughs> to show me how he felt about me. I remember that was so healing for me in that moment, just to be able to voice that, to feel that one, but then to sit with a group of women and to say like, God is tangibly showing me how much he loves me by allowing me to in this season be pregnant and to think about my own son and how I feel about him. That was just so powerful and something that I honestly wouldn't have experienced had I not gone through steps in that way. Being able to surrender the control and allowing myself the freedom to be a mess, to not have it all figured out. I started to experience peace in a way that I hadn't. And I also started to experience a freedom to relate to others without this sense of like, oh, I gotta prove myself or I have to earn this. That created a lot of like rest in those relationships, both myself to God, my marriage, when you're striving and you're clinging to something so hard, right? You know, like I think of the mental image of like sucking the life out of something, like the harder you squeeze it, the worse things get. And the more that I released, I saw the easier it was to relate to others and to be okay when things didn't go my way. I was living in so much slavery as someone who was controlling my life and, and trying to earn my way into love and acceptance. And I had sought out, you know, so many different ways of achieving those things through codependent relationships, through an eating disorder, through all, all this anger, just different ways of creating control. And then God just used his word to keep telling me like, you are free child, like be free, like believe my truths, believe what I've told you. And, and I do think it is an, a real act of faith and constantly having to read the truth and then believe it every day, not just this one and done, I believe the gospel, but today do I believe that I'm free, I'm already, that there are no chains on my arms, that the only chains that are there are the ones that I put on and lock the key on. Like the Lord has already set me free. So I get a choice in how I live in, in light of that. You know, in my marriage in particular, we still continue to fight. Something I share a lot when I talk about recovery is I wanted things to be different like that, and they were not. You know, nothing truly changed about my circumstances. It was who I ran to in the midst of those that changed. I stopped running to Sarah, and I started to try to run to the Lord, even if it was, you know, after the fact or when I'd already said something mean or whatever it was, hurtful. Just my ability to say like, okay, I, I can't do this. And the Lord can, and he's asked me to trust him. And he's asked me to let go of control. And if I do that, 
I get a little freedom in this moment. My husband was able to articulate to me later on. He just said, something is really changing. You're not, he's like, you're not fighting this so hard. You're not fighting me so hard. Like, I know I can still see you're really upset. I can still see all the hurts there. And of course we, you know, still had fights, but he noticed the changes. And so I think that's only the power of the spirit working through me, not my ability to do anything. The other area that really changed quite a bit As a counselor, I think I felt, and still do at times, but really felt a pressure to say the right thing for clients, to not be in charge of people's healing, but you you feel this weird pressure of, if I don't do the right thing, they're gonna not get better. And part of me surrendering control in other areas of my life forced me to surrender control in the counseling room and just settle into the fact that the Lord is the ultimate healer. And... Um, that I don't have to do everything perfectly or even one-fourth of the things perfectly to have him work. He doesn't need me. He willingly invites me into doing this work. In one sense, um, we do have complete freedom from sin when we are in Christ, but we still struggle and wrestle with the temptation to or the moments that we give in. And I think in my own life, I would love to say that I'm not an angry person (laughs) and that I don't still sin in that way and that I don't still struggle with that, but that wouldn't be true. I love the verse in Revelation that he talks about one day there'll be no more tears and um, no more pain and that the former things go away. There's newness and I just, I cling to that. It's not my job to get the victory. It's my job to keep showing up and saying like, yes, Lord, like I will try to turn this over again to you, even though I did yesterday or even though I did this morning, like here I am again before you broken. I think about that picture of how God chases after us and it may feel very different than pursuit, but that he really does come after us and that we are never at a point in our lives that healing is not possible. I would just encourage people to take some step. Um, It may not be doing something like recovery, but it might mean like talking to someone else and taking a step of asking someone to help um, is really hard, but often you'll be met with welcome arms. I think the way that I view Jesus now on the other side of this recovery experience, both about who he is and how he feels about me, I would have said before that I I knew he was in charge, right? I knew that he was all-powerful, all-knowing, that all of those attributes. But I couldn't tell you for certainty if he was really kind and good. And on this side of it, I can say with so much certainty that he is so kind and so good and so gentle, how he gently loves me as his daughter. He delights in me as his daughter, not just that he's like, oh, good job, you finally figured it out, but that he's like my biggest fan. And to know when I have doubt that that I get to go back to that image, that I don't have to go back to a God that seems punitive or distant or disappointed, that I get to go back to a kind, loving father. My name is Sarah, and recovery in Christ means true rest as the daughter of a king. Thank you for listening to this episode of Stories from the Austin Stone. For more information about recovery, counseling, and other resources, please visit austinstone.org soul care. And to hear more stories like this one, go to austinstone.org stories. 
please help us spread the word about this podcast by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts and by sharing this episode with your family and friends. Join us next week as we bring you another story of recovery. But when I moved into the open share group after the message had been given and I started to confess some of the things that I had been struggling with, I felt a huge burden lift. It felt right. <laughs>